0: To be here and to catch something of the vitality uh, that's on display and uh, feel your seal for God and know that you represent largely churches that uh, have got started not so very long necessarily uh, and just to feel we're on the cutting edge of the advancing kingdom of God. So I count it a huge joy and privilege to be identified with you, to stand with you, stand with Steph, the church here, and uh, churches that have gathered in. So Thanks for the warm welcome. We are very, very happy to be here. We speak now as Londoners. You notice that? We're Londoners now. And uh, we've just been in London a couple of months now, and getting used to the traffic, and uh, praying for the city, and feeling for so much that what God does in the capital has huge impact on the nation. And so very delighted to be in the capital, And, and very delighted to be with you at this particular venture this weekend. So if you'd like to turn to uh, 2 Timothy and chapter 1, please. 2 Timothy and chapter 1. Our theme is uh, Word and Spirit, something we hold very dear. And that's going to bring to you uh, some teaching here from Paul's second letter to Timothy. I'll read um, the first dozen or so uh, verses from chapter 1, 2 Timothy. Paul. An apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son. Grace, mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God for my service, my forefathers did with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you, so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois, your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God didn't give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, of self-discipline. So don't be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me as prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who saved us and called us to live a holy life, not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but has now been revealed through the appearing of our Saviour Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought to life and immortality to light through the Gospel. And of this Gospel I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I'm suffering as I am. Yet I'm not ashamed, because I know whom I've believed, and I'm convinced that he's able to guard what I've entrusted to him that day let's pray Father we thank you so much for your presence here we thank you for these great songs we thank you that we can express to you what's in our heart Lord all that we long to say to you we find Lord in phrase after phrase we find our hearts echoing these uh, expressions of love and worship and longing thank you God you interrupted our willful disobedience and brought your grace into our lives. Thank you for your extreme patience with us, even since we've known you, even since we cried out for mercy, even since we've named your name. We thank you. You've shown us incredible patience and tenderness and mercy and covenant love. And Father, we ask you again this afternoon, would you please, in your infinite mercy, speak to us. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, rest upon us. Come, Holy Spirit. We, we invite you to be our teacher. We thank you, Lord. You said if we who are evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more shall the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So we ask, Father, for the Holy Spirit to rest upon us, to teach us, to take the things of Christ, reveal them to us. Do us good, please, Lord. Come and do us good. Bless the churches because we've gathered. Bless those we serve because we've set aside time to be fed by you. Lord, let your hand be on us, we pray. We ask it, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want to particularly speak to you on one of the verses which I read to you, that sixth verse. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Paul's writing to Timothy who he's kind of enlisted as a young man uh, that he came across in one of the churches. He saw something in him that uh, witnessed to Paul, something about him that captured his attention, and he asked the elders for permission to release this young guy to get involved in apostolic ministry alongside Paul and being part of his team and then there came the time when he is commissioned to go and act on Paul's behalf. He goes as Paul's representative and uh, that happened with Titus as well and here we see this letter that's written to a young man, if you like, who is representing the Apostle Paul. You might say a man who didn't necessarily volunteer but was us would feel, I'm not sure, I remember volunteering. Uh, some of us were co-opted and called in and uh, I know there are all kinds of different leadership gifts here. Some who felt very apprehended by God, felt their lives captivated by God. Others of us have just felt, someone said to us, we really feel you're an elder. we feel you're a small group leader, we feel you could help us with this and that. And so you said, okay. And then you got yourself in and sometimes once you've got in, you think, how did I get in here? And I guess Timothy may have known that kind of feeling sometimes, especially when you see the challenge he faced uh, to represent no one less than the Apostle Paul. And uh, that's a huge task for him, especially if you glance through the two epistles and see the commission that was given him, uh, a pretty tall order, Some of it very difficult, it's not just a matter of leading meetings, not just choosing a few songs and preparing a few sermons, but you find he is commissioned to do all sorts of things. He's told to instruct certain people not to teach strange doctrines, so he's got confrontational responsibility, he's going to have to withstand people who've got their own perspectives, their own opinions, who are wanting to push their way through. In the church of God, and that was uh, pretty demanding for him to do that. He's told to confront those who have a wrong attitude to the law. He says in 1 Timothy 1 8, some are not sure where the law fits in, and he had to confront and sort out this new community that's not under law, this community that's in Christ, this community that finds all its life not through external rule keeping but by coming to understand what God has done in the cross, what God has done in the death and resurrection of Jesus. And that can be quite difficult. I remember once I was, uh, I was on holiday actually with my sister. She lives in Spain. And, uh, you know, on the Sunday they said, would you preach for us in the church of the your Supper a bit? And uh, I said, okay, I'll preach on the Sunday. So uh, I preached on the grace of God at this little church in Spain. And uh, I'm halfway through my sermon. And a guy actually stood and uh, he was dressed very smartly in this very hot Spanish uh, climate, and uh, he stood and he said, I have never heard anything so outrageous in all my life. I thought, "Oh, how wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's the first and only time that was actually quite like that, and he was, he was outraged by the scandal of the Gospel, and uh, it was just wonderful, and uh, Said, sir, if you listen to me until I've finished, I think you'll be happier by the time I finish here. But uh, you know, you had to be. No, 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 that's not right. That's not right. The way you want me to, you want me to sustain the law-keeping aspect of Christianity. You're trying to obscure the pure gospel. And uh, Timothy had to handle that in the earliest of days when it would have been very, very difficult to so, say, no, no. This is a new day. This is new covenant. This is the age of the Spirit. And uh, he had to do that. He had to uh, tell people the law was good, provided he use it lawfully. Knowing it's not for the righteous, but for sinners. And uh, he tells Timothy how to handle that. Then you find he finally has to handle things about uh, male-female issues, leadership qualities, treatment of widows. That's a tough one. Uh, he's supposed to honor real widows. Imagine going down the line and saying, uh, okay, you're a real widow. Uh, you're a real widow. Uh, no, I don't think you're, you're a real <laughs> stuff here and it says uh, command the rich the rich are always easier to command, they're not expecting to be commanded but Paul, uh, Paul tells Timothy command the rich not to be conceited, to fix their hopes uh, uh, somewhere else so strong, strong stuff and then on top of all that, uh, Timothy do the work of an evangelist <laughs> oh, come on uh, don't forget to do that as well so it's kind of piled up One thing after another that Timothy has to do. So he's got a very challenging task that Paul has given him. And then, not only a challenging task, but also limitations that he no doubt felt, which again come out of the word, where you look and you see that he's told, let no one despise your youth. Let no one look down on you. Uh, I just want to bless some of the guys